Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. Welcome back to another week of The Pemberley Podcast, where this week we will be discussing episodes 7 and 8 of The Lizzie Bennett Diaries. Yeah, we're really kind of getting into the plot. Things have progressed really nicely. We are meeting our main characters via costume theater, and... Still at the beginning, but we're learning about everyone. Yeah, we're getting into more of the wedding, which we heard a bit about last week from episodes five and six, but now we're getting the actual part I think a lot of us were excited to hear about, Lizzie meeting Darcy and her interaction with Darcy. The burn. Yeah. The epic, really horrible burn. A couple of follow-up points from last week. I don't know if anyone cares, but a friend sent me a beautiful t-shirt for my birthday recently. It has Colin Firth's face on it. And it says, it is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. It's a pretty great shirt. I'm wearing it right now. I wore It's podcast day, so I wore it today. <laughs> I need a, I should get out, go out there and get some Pride and Prejudice merch I mean, get, to wear. Get this exact same one and we'll be the uniforms that we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be great. I'll have to find out where that shirt's Look from. Look at this. Colin Firth's face is on it. Do you really not want this shirt? That's a great, I do want it. It's fine. Okay. So handsome. (laughs) We'd also really like to thank Jay Bushman, who was the transmedia producer on the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. I kind of actually saw him. I I went to VidCon in 2013 and I saw him. I didn't didn't talk to him, but but like he was there. Okay. And I was there. (laughs) Anyway, so thank you, Jay. We are... Very humbled that you even listened to our podcast, and we are really grateful for the article that you sent us. Yeah, Jay tweeted us an article regarding what we were talking about last week with Darcy's finances and how much he actually makes. It's like this amazing in-depth article mm-hmm. of someone. It's got a chart. Yeah, it's got a chart of someone who went like and uh, went in through Austin's finances, and even in the books, the fictional characters, what they would actually be making today, so we can understand. Because mm-hmm. you know, when it says five thousand or so a year, yeah, we it don't. Sounds <laughs> it sounds all right. It sounds, sure, everyone else is very impressed. Yes, but for us, we don't know exactly how much that translates to today's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that article is really interesting, and you can, if you care to, uh, delve into that and dive into. Jane Austen finances that you'll you can also find that article on our Twitter and on our WordPress page. If you guys go to thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, we I typically try and post any articles or tr- movie trailers or any anything pop culture else. stuff yeah, we sure. mention. I, I like to include links to those. So if you want to check out any of the articles we discuss, or I, I also include links to our podcast on Podbean, on iTunes, and the original episode. So if you want to find that all in one place, just check out our WordPress page. All right, so let's dive into episode seven, which was written by Bernie Sue. And this is the first solo Lizzie episode. Usually we have one of the sisters jumping in the screen or have Charlotte jumping in, but Charlotte is still gone for some reason. And so we are just getting Lizzie's perspective about what happened at the dance and specifically the dance between her and Darcy. Right. I feel like this dance was kind of big news. I'm actually like a little disappointed. Like we just sort of arbitrarily heard about this wedding that was happening 
And then we kind of heard that she met this guy and we heard about Jane and Bing dancing. And I'm wondering why we didn't hear about Lizzie and Darcy's dance from the get-go because this is drama. Was she so traumatized by it? She just didn't even want to mention it? I know. Like, like maybe it's not a an accident that she waited until there were no other sisters or best friends around so that she could properly rant about how horrified she was to dance with this guy. Maybe it's one of those things where she was ranting to everyone around her in real life and would have Charlotte would cut it out of the videos. <laughs> but now that Charlotte's gone, she can be like, all right, I'm going to rant about this. I'm going to keep it all in and broadcast it to the internet. Everyone needs to know about this. I really loved, I mean, there was no second character technically, but we did get another costume theater, Mrs. Bennett, where... She expressed her utter happiness that Jane and Bing were dancing. And she's like, this is the happiest day of my life. You get more of Mrs. Bennett, which is amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, and I think a lot of people in the comment section were making fun of Lizzie was saying, what about the day you married dad or the days your three daughters were born? Nope. It's today. That was such a great line. <laughs> great delivery, too. I also want to talk about the inner stalker and creeper in Mrs. Bennett because Lizzie speculates that her mother paid Ellen Gibson to throw the bouquet at Lizzie. So first of all, I don't know if you know that this is kind of a tradition. I think it really depends on the wedding, but the bride tosses her bouquet and the girl who catches it is the next one to get married. Mm -hmm. And if she so chooses, she wears a garter around her thigh. Yeah. And at some weddings, the groom, like, gets up under that gown and gets the garter and then, like, boomerang, or not boomerang. Uh, like, slings slingshots. It, slingshots. He slingshots it. it into the group of single guys, and whoever catches that, he's the next one to get married. And in this scenario, those two dance. I don't know if I've ever been to a wedding where, like, they dance afterwards, but no. I've heard of it. I've definitely been to weddings where, like, the bouquet toss happens, where the garter thing happens. But I've never been to a wedding where both those people then have to dance together. Because I think usually, too, when I've been to those weddings, it's like the bride tries to throw it to the girl who's, like, probably going to get engaged next. And she's like, <laughs> it's rigged. Yeah. So she's, like, eyeing her. And she's like, all right, tossing it to her. Or, like, her best friend. Like, hey, hey. So I thought that was interesting that they had to dance together and that they willingly, I guess, did so. I mean, Lizzie probably was just being a good sport. She's like, all right, fine, I'll dance with Darcy. But Darcy was still willing to dance with her, even though, you know, He's yeah. horrible, yes. And we'll go into that more, but what I was originally saying about Mrs. Bennett paying Ellen Gibson to toss the bouquet at yeah. uh, at Lizzie, I think Mrs. Bennett has a secret fund. Ooh. She has set aside money. It's like the marriage fund, the wedding, the marry my daughter's fund. And she's just keeping money to pay Lydia to do drive-bys for being late. <laughs> she's paying off brides to toss the bouquets to her daughter. Like, these are the things that she's like, you know, a 20 here or a 50 there. I'm just throw putting it into the universe that this is probably a thing that she has. Therefore, it probably exists for other people. I mean, Lizzie did have the line of saying, like, I wonder how much my, my misery is worth to my mother. So mm -hmm. that fund, I think, is very valid. And, you know, she could be, instead of going to Starbucks every morning, <laughs> she puts that those $5 aside and she's like, I'm going to use this for my daughter and Lydia is going to go drive by Bing Lee's house and we're going to get her married and wedding by next spring. Got to spend money to make money. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, and something else I'd like to bring up is 
Lizzie mentioned after telling her like horror story where she's like, eh, we used to wait and he was horrible at conversations. She says he actually thanked me for the dance. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if that's like the first sign of a crush. What I'd kind of like to know by now is, so like this is the first time Lizzie and Darcy are meeting. Mm-hmm. Do we think that he likes her? Does he actually hate, loathe her? Or does he think maybe he likes her and there's potential there, but he has to cover his tracks with his horrible attitude? Why would he have to cover his tracks in liking Lizzie? Well, I guess if he thinks that she's of a lower status than him. Yeah, exactly. Then he would have to be like, oh, I don't like this commoner. What are you talking about? (laughs) She's (laughs) She's, horrible. She's not even my type. She's... She's I want to bring up an interesting quote from the book because, you know, I am reading along. Right. And so the way it happens in the book is Charlotte's father, Sir Lucas, is like, Darcy, oh my gosh, how have you not asked Elizabeth to dance yet? She's so Hmm. beautiful. She's so good at this dance. I, like, really love dancing. He says, I consider it as one of the most refinements of polished societies. And Darcy goes, certainly, sir. And it has the advantage also of being in vogue amongst the less polished societies of the world. Every savage can dance. I feel like that comet was savage. He just insulted dancing as an institution to get out of dancing with Lizzie, which he does anyway. So he just thinks dancing is beneath him? Like, well, anyone can dance. Why would I? That's maybe maybe that's his problem. He's like, if anyone can do it, then I'm not about that. Maybe Darcy is just like the best dancer ever. And he's just like, you know what? No one's worthy of seeing my moves. So I'm do just we, not even going to try. Do we think that Darcy's a good dancer? Like, what do you think? Like, how do you think he dances? Do you really? I mean, like, I feel like he's one of those kids who probably had like ballroom or tap dancing classes when he was younger. But is he like good at that? Or does he resent it and like never want to do it in front of people because like he wet himself and maybe like it traumatized (laughs) him for life? Like, I'm just throwing out scenarios. Right. I think he definitely took ballroom classes as a child Mm -hmm. and into adolescence. So he probably is an amazing ballroom dancer. But he's just like, no one no one appreciates classic ballroom anymore. They're just like doing this nonsense stuff. So I'm not even going to bother. And he's like, well, Lizzie's not going to know how to ballroom. So I'm just going to sway with her. Like he wants people to think he's not a good dancer. Right. So he puts on, like he goes to more trouble than it's worth to act out the fact that he can't dance. Wow, this goes so many layers. <laughs> Would he win so you think you can dance? No. (laughs) I think he won the negotiation for the network that bought that show. That's very true. I don't think he actually can win it. (laughs) So now jumping into episode eight, written by Margaret Dunlap, Charlotte is back. Yay! Charlotte's back. And so we're getting a more balanced narrative back in the story. Right. Because last week we talked about how the first one was a little more balanced because we had Jane and Charlotte throwing in their opinions. And the second video was just... Lizzie raging against Darcy. And it's kind of flipped here. She was raging against him and there was no one to come to his aid in episode seven. But in episode eight, Charlotte actually films herself separately and edits that bit into the video. So we have a really interesting narrative point here. 
Lizzie mentions at the very beginning of episode eight, she's like, ah, okay, the wedding is over. Life is back to normal, which kind of makes me wonder what she feels normal is like. Like, it seems like as long as she's not talking about these new guys in town, life is normal. No love life (laughs) is kind of the status quo around Shay Bennett. And she considers these guys not being in her life as normal. She's kind of resistant to change. She is, yeah. There's definitely that that hint of her just wanting things to go back to the way they were and and forgetting that Bing and Darcy ever existed, really. And I'm not sure if that's because Mrs. Bennett brought them up so much. She really hyped up Bing and Darcy, well, more Bingley, Mm -hmm. up so much that she's just like, all right, let's just move on from this conversation. I'm done. I don't want to hear about this from my mother, from Jane, from anyone. Let's just go back to normal where my sisters are just a room away and we can just just be a family and uh, like deal with my crazy mother. She really clings to that instead of accepting that change is kind of what's normal. I mean, your life constantly evolving. I mean, you're not going to be in grad school forever. Jane's not, hopefully, not going to be an underpaid factory worker. (laughs) Yes, forever. (laughs) Lydia's not going to be a community college forever. Like, you're going to have to move out eventually. And she's sort of, we're seeing little nuggets of her being resistant to this change. Yeah, and that's why I love that Charlotte is back. And Charlotte really calls out Lizzie on all these things because Lizzie is ranting about this again. She's still ranting about the wedding. Jeez, you know, like this, this is four. Wedding. This is the fourth video now that she's like on the wedding. But now you have Charlotte, who's like here to shut it down and be like, "Well, wait, what's actually wrong with Bing Lee? Like, why do you have a problem with him besides the fact that you know your mother is trying to set Jane up with him?" And Lizzie can't find a reason. No, he's a rich. Single man. And I, I mean, Charlotte was so poignant when she said, Bing is just someone Lizzie already made up her mind to hate. Yeah. And that's so crazy because, you know, by all sort of conventional standards, Lizzie is like a good girl. You know, she's, she's staying at home. She loves her parents. She's good with her family. She goes to school. She works really hard. She tries, for the most part, we think she tries to see the good in people. But she does make up her mind to hate people, to... She actively fights to keep people out of her life because she invents this kind of homeostasis for herself and her family. She forms very strong opinions about someone before really knowing them. But like she's when she's made up her mind, that's it. Like she's kind of stuck with that. So that's mm-hmm. it's difficult for her to change her perspective. Exactly. She's she's the prejudiced one. So Oh, oh my god. Circular narratives. We'll see how that happened. <laughs> that came full circle. You guys didn't see that coming. Last week we did ask for your comments on the episodes and we did get an email from Samantha, a listener in Australia. Ooh, we've gone international of her comments uh, on episode seven and eight, but we want to highlight what she said about episode eight. Sure. So thank you, Samantha, for writing in. We appreciate your thoughts. And I really like what you had to say about episode eight when you said this episode tells a lot about Lizzie's temperament and stubbornness to be right. I mean, it's true. Lizzie, more than anything, wants to be right. I mean, don't we all? Yeah. (laughs) But she's very vocal about it. Especially with the video blog. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Can't be wrong. It's on the internet. Can't be that wrong. (laughs) Yeah. We also, what I love about this narrative, Charlotte's two cents, is she 
kind of comes to Darcy's defense. Yeah, yeah. I think we haven't seen that yet. We have Because now we have the wedding. Charlotte was there. She also got to meet or have some kind of interaction with Darcy. So she was there too. Mm-hmm. And we're not just getting Lucy's perspective on this. We're getting Charlotte's perspective too. And so she's like, hey, you know what I heard is that actually he's painfully shy. And maybe that's why he is the way he is. Yeah, like he's been here in town for weeks and Bing had to get Darcy invited to this wedding. Yeah. And this is the first time he's met people literally in weeks. Like I'm just picturing Darcy in his hat, in his bow tie, eating frozen sweet potato fries in his room watching BBC miniseries with friends. That well, he pays. Well, I mean, we know now. That he, he didn't pays pay them. to be his friends. <laughs> that he pays to be his friends. But, Aww. you know, whatever BBC miniseries that comes to mind. You know, like. He probably just, like, texts Bing every so often, like, hey, man, what are you up to? <laughs> and Give Bing's her- like, all right, I got to get you Leave a girlfriend. Me alone, I'm <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just picture, like, Darcy sending, like, one or two word texts, but they're really sad. Like, yeah. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> Does Darcy use emojis? <gasps> I don't see him as an emoji man yet. I-, I would think that, like, eventually. Lizzie's influence on him. He just types out the emoticon like yeah, just the sad like he's face. eighty years old. Yeah, but for anyone moving to a new place, it's difficult to adjust and adapt to your new environment and your new community and to, to find new friends. And especially because it seems like he's they've moved into like this smaller town. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it can be tougher to kind of break into that. But Bing is easily broke into that because he already knew someone he was happy it was great but for darcy he's just like i don't know anyone and he's already shy so it just made it worse so this poor guy yeah. knows no one in this town his only friend is bing and he's kind of stuck in this place he doesn't want to be in bing and caroline let's not that's true let's not neglect caroline in all of this i mean we don't technically know this about her yet but we know that she's thirsty for darcy (laughs) right (laughs) like always she's like i pick him yeah because he's like good breeding as far as we know he's good looking he's kind of a jerk but he's a rich jerk yeah we haven't heard much about darcy's appearance we've only heard like oh rich single man well but remember when lydia spied on them earlier we know theoretically he's hot in some conventional way because she's like they are too hot and single to be gay oh yeah (laughs) so we do know that he is a good looking fella but we don't know what he looks like we're just stuck with the newsboy cap and the bow tie i mean my heart is one over already but i think this is a really I mean, I think we can really dive into, because the whole point of Pride and Prejudice is, oh, they each thought the other were jerks, but they just weren't seeing through each other's eyes. Like, it's a perspective thing. How do we think this whole, the dance, the wedding, the whole scenario, like, how do you think that played out for Darcy? Because Lizzie was ranting against him like, He was standing by the wall like a loser. If you hate people, you bail on the party, even though she was also standing by the wall to allegedly prove a point to her mom that she was a strong, independent woman who don't need a man. But really, like, no one was asking her to dance. Like, she, I feel like it's kind of a cover to explain that no one else was asking her to dance. Well, that's her, her, like, protecting herself or she's like putting up the wall really Mm. like that's her way to like prevent people from from 
getting close to her. She's like, oh, I don't want to dance anyway. So I'm like, nah, I'm going to stand over here by the wall and I don't want to dance. Yeah, I want to watch my sister dance with the hot guy. I don't want a hot guy to ask me to dance. I mean, and here's what's interesting. Like, I, I feel like this whole reasoning would feed into Lizzie hating on Bing Lee and really hating on Darcy. Do you think deep down she wants what her mother wants for her, which is, you know, I mean, her mother is specific in like, marry a rich single man, but like, right. she resents that. She yeah. tries to go in the opposite direction as much as humanly possible to try and prove her mother that she doesn't need that life, but does she secretly want it and she's mad at herself for wanting it? Like, uh, like to get married and like, I don't know, the whole kitten caboodle. I think that's a true narrative even today for a lot of young women, you yeah. know, we're... A lot of us are out there, we're building our careers and everything, but like, is it okay to still want to get married? And like, that's mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, but you know, if you get married young or if you get married, if you're thinking about that, then you're not focused on your career. And yeah. so it's like, it's that idea of trying to have it all. Can I have it Can all? Can you have it all? And Lizzie is just super hyper-focused on her career, but is that, like you're, like you're saying, is that just to in spite of her mother's wishes yeah maybe that's something she does want maybe she secretly has a wedding pinterest board and like no one knows about it i think lizzie would secretly have a wedding pinterest board yeah (laughs) and emma would help her put it together oh (laughs) we'll see anyway so what does this look like so we know i mean it's really easy for us to imagine lizzie's point of view like she's trying to focus on her career and like maybe a boyfriend but not hot on the list so how does this wedding how does being in a new town look like for Darcy? Because I'm not a painfully, awkwardly shy guy. But I mean, I, I can imagine that Darcy probably only sees the kind of qualities he wants in a friend once in a blue moon. And right now it's Bing. And he kind of trusts Caroline enough because she's related to Bing. I think he's very selective with the people he surrounds himself with. And yeah. he, he does hold himself to a certain standard and he holds the people around him to a certain standard exactly so i'm sure it's difficult even for him to let people in because i don't know if it's a question of like they're just not gonna live up to my expectations or why bother wasting time with people who i know i won't get along with but either way lizzie and darcy both shut people out for different reasons but Mm -hmm. in an effort to almost protect themselves i almost feel like it's like, Lizzie shuts people out, but she doesn't know she shuts people out. Right. Whereas Darcy's totally aware of it. He's aware. I Like, I mean, we haven't we haven't even met him yet, but we do yeah. know that he feels the need to explain himself later on about why he feels the way he feels. And, I mean, let's look back at the dance. Lizzie was saying things like, oh, it, bounce, it like bounced off his chest and he kind of, like, happened to catch it. <laughs> and I swayed to his sway and... You know, he was giving, like, really monotonous answers. She's like, And when I asked him if he actually liked it here in town? Not especially. Do you enjoy dancing? Not if I can help it. I feel like this is him telling the truth. Yeah. And he feels like, even though he's not furthering the conversation, he's not a liar, you know? Right. He's giving these one-word answers that are true to him. Yeah. And if it comes across as rude, Unfortunately, that's what it is. But he's at least being honest. He's not putting up that sort of flowery front of like, oh, 
yeah, it's not too bad. Mm. Yeah, I kind of miss home, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Or like, I love it here. Maybe she lives in a crappy town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she just can't see that where she lives is really horrible. The guy's in a new town. He knows no one. I'm sure it's a difficult transition. But yeah. imagine if Darcy had his own video blog, too. Like, oh how would those videos go? They would have to be, like, Snapchat videos. So short, like, <laughs> today I ate a salad. Just <laughs> today I bought a new bow tie. <laughs> it's delightful. So going back to the dance... He thanks her for the dance, which I'm sure he sees as like a very gentlemanly thing to do. I mean, it's very, I think this Darcy has very old timey manners, you know, like you're not good at dancing, but you danced with the lady, you thanked her for the dance, and then you waited until she, you thought she was out of earshot to talk about her behind her back. (laughs) (laughs) How chivalrous. There was one thing where I, when after Charlotte does reveal like, oh, Darcy is painfully shy, despite knowing this, Lizzie still goes on and says like, well, I don't care about all that. That's no excuse. Yeah, that's no excuse to be a horrible person. And that's just Lizzie who's made up her mind about Darcy, the kind of person he is, despite this new information. She's like, nope, he's horrible. So maybe he doesn't have a video blog. Maybe he just like has a journal. Those like Barnes & Noble leather bound journals that yeah. we've, we've mentioned. He has one of those because he can afford it. And <laughs> he just writes in there every night. Proce- like he processes he his thoughts. Yeah. He's very self-aware. So he would do that kind of thing. Yeah. Even though Darcy's kind of a statue and he's boring and he's rude and he's standoffish, at least he's aware of it, which you don't think is a perk until you see how blind Lizzie is to her own harsh opinions about people. Because we'd like to believe her, but can we? Can we believe you, Lizzie? We'll see. (laughs) We will see. You know what else we can see, though? Comments! Let's see what our viewers at the time had to say about episodes 7 and 8. Starting with episode 7, we have the first comment by Louise Dexter, who said, I love this series. So do we. Then there was The Coffee Chris, who said, Don't worry, Lizzie. If you're ever stuck in such a situation with Darcy again, you can just torture him by spouting off praise of mainstream things he probably loathes. I kind of like that idea. (laughs) That seems like a good comeback. I mean, she would just really annoy him being like, haven't you heard of the latest Justin Bieber album? And he would be like, no, how dare you even mention his name? (laughs) I think he'd write her off immediately. (laughs) I would write her off immediately. Anna Jo Music said... This is my favorite episode since the first couple. Love how this is going. Although, wouldn't a 21st century gal just call him William rather than Mr. Darcy? Not if you want to be condescending about it. Right. I guess that that was a very deliberate choice the writers made. I mean, even though Darcy is how he's acknowledged in the books and in most adaptations, in all adaptations, they could have gone with the choice to call him Will or William. Just like they changed the spelling with Lizzie from L-I-Z-Z-Y to L-I-Z-Z-I-E. They modernized that a little I was bit. Say, modernized and Americanized. Yeah, and Americanized. So why not call him William or Will? Interesting. Well, I I mean, I feel like it was a creative choice because in the book, his name is Fitzwilliam. That's also true. And so... He was just called William, which is, I think, a much more common name. Accio Stars says, Just remember what Jane Austen once said. Sometimes your one true love turns out to be the person you initially disliked. I have heard 
stories of people meeting and like people have been married years and years are like when i first met him i don't know why they're like so old when I, like, <laughs> they're like age? in their 40s <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> when i first met him i didn't really like him or i thought his name was weird or uh, something like that and then it always turns out like and now we've been together for 20 years have you seen when harry met sally yeah exactly <sighs> Let's talk about that too. Just like this is a great movie to watch in the fall. I should really rewatch that movie. I mean that that spans over years. Twelve years. Twelve years. And I just think of all the couples that are intercut who talk about their lives together. Going to episode eight, the first comment was by Amelia Sayer, who said, First, Carrie's forever. Don't know what that I was, reference is. I was just about to ask if you knew anything about nope. that. It's good <laughs> don't to know, know what you know. Nutty Nicole Eleven says, I think it's realistic. Have you ever met someone like Lizzie? I know people who form very strong opinions very quickly and they refuse to change. Some people just have that personality. I think this is where the prejudice comes in. Get it. Which, yeah, we, we saw that too. We <laughs> saw that too. Do you know, I mean, I don't know if I know someone exactly like Lizzie who, like, forms such strong opinions and, like, doesn't change at all from that. But she does change. That's the point of the story. Yes. But it seems like maybe in the past she hasn't. And maybe was Darcy the first person that she changed her opinion about? I mean, she's 24, so she's still pretty young. I mean, like, think about the various stages you go through in life. I mean, you go to, like, high school, okay, and you make it to, like, 17 or 18, and you still think you're so right all the time. Yeah. And then you go through college and like you change a lot in college. But I feel like you almost learn more right when you're out of college and you're not suddenly surrounded by everyone who's your age. And suddenly you have to be a lot more serious about what you're doing it's and a- everything that you say. And so I feel like she's just sort of getting accustomed to the adult world. You know, she's still getting acclimated. She lives at home. <laughs> Does she even do her own laundry? She finds shirts on the floor. That's true. She's still kind of in that college life. If she went straight into grad school, say, after college, and that's all she's been doing, she's still living at home, she's still sort of in that bubble. So she hasn't really ventured outside of that quite yet. She's in the student bubble where everything is a big question mark. And I totally get that. Banana Fritter said, Lizzie is getting on my nerves. At the moment, I like everyone. Except Lizzie. Maybe because I know what it's like to be shy and forced to go to a party where you don't know anyone. But also because the Lizzie in the book was lovable and spunky and not half as annoying. Dang. That's a pretty harsh comment. But I'm kind of glad that we get someone who defends the shy people because yeah. it is Go hard. shy people. We will, we will meet separately <laughs> online we will group text or something yeah <laughs> we'll make plans and then flake out last second <laughs> Yay, but like the love is still there right <laughs> isabel herbert says i totally agree with the other commenters you can't just completely change lizzie's personality to please modern age audience you have to keep her and her personality to a certain extent contextually accurate which was generally judgmental and prejudiced oh and this vlog channel is amazing I really like that comment. It was very astute that she's a great character. I mean, there's so much for us to talk about her. Yeah. And she's pretty contextual because, you know, I'm following along in the book. And I would say so far, it's, you know, it's pretty accurate. 
Bethany Conboy said, I totally agree. A lot of adaptations forget the part where Darcy's pride is actually his crippling awkwardness. As a shy person myself, I totally get being hopelessly awkward at a party where you don't know anyone. That's interesting. So in the book, because you are reading along, does the book mention that at all as far as his personality? No, it just kind of covers that he's awful. I feel like (laughs) these... No, I, I feel like this sort of intercut with hey, he's shy, cut him a break, Right, was probably a deliberate narrative choice by the writers because mm-hmm. you do kind of want to lay some seeds for him to be likable later. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if Jane Austen was thinking that far ahead, but I mean, for a modern audience, you do... So, like, you know in The Sixth Sense... So, okay, spoiler alert. If you're, like, part of that small fraction of the population, here's how it ends... Bruce Willis was a ghost the whole time. It's, it's like a very open secret now. But when the movie first came out, people, I, I remember I, I had professors who told me about this. People would be going back to the theaters to see like, no, I was tricked, wasn't I? Like, we, there was something the writer missed because like the whole point is he's a ghost and Haley Joel Osment can see him and we think everyone else can see him, but they can't. And so we don't even realize it. And so you have to go back and that's where it's really rich. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what the writers are doing here. Like there's... They're planting these seeds of you got like when we get to the part where we hear about Darcy's point of view, we need to see that this was a completely misconstrued perspective from Lizzie. That's kind of like that's what I kind of feel like these perspective pieces are doing for us is by the time we actually meet Darcy, we can look back and say, oh, so he wasn't being a jerk there. He was just, this is what he was thinking. That was his perspective. Like, that's that's kind of, I think, what this is. It, it's a stretch from the book, but I, I think it's something that's pretty necessary for this adaptation. Yeah, and I think for, like, a scene with the dance, we'll never fully know his perspective because we don't get those kind of early details. Mm-hmm. But from what we find out later on, we can, like, assume he was, because of his awkwardness, as they say in this web series, that's why he is the way he is. Now we'll jump into the poll, which this week the question was, imagine you're in the midst of the most awkward dance ever. Who's your partner? And the choices were William Darcy, Lizzie Bennet, or Boiled Potatoes. I wrote this question. Quite an interesting <laughs> choice, that last one, Jillian. I was just thinking about the movie when Mr. Colin compliments the boiled potatoes. And I'm like, oh, okay. it's... <laughs> Boiled, like who compliments boiled potatoes, hot water, and the most boring starch that ever happened. I mean, actually, potatoes are amazing. How dare you? No, no, no. I like, I I totally, I want to, like, I do love potatoes. I do like French fries, mashed potatoes, like all of that. I do love it. But in its natural state, it's like a pretty boring, I mean, couch potato. Hello. Anyway. (laughs) Okay. So that was my reasoning behind choosing boiled potatoes. And the results were 53% for William Darcy, 11% for Lizzie Bennett, 36% for boiled potatoes. So you know what? People do want to dance with boiled potatoes. Um, They think they're awkward. I'm not going to lie. I mostly chose boiled potatoes because I wanted them to win. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that would be hilarious. All right, so let's try and guess. What, like, all right, can you? Can I guess you, you chose boiled potatoes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm I'm a pretty open book. I chose boiled potatoes. I thought it was a hilarious answer. Yeah. Did you choose William Darcy? I did. Yeah. 
I was ima- I was literally imagining because I'm like, all right, I would want to choose Lizzie Bennett, but I'm like, wait, if I'm actually in the midst of the most awkward dance ever, who am I actually dancing with? And I thought, you know what? It's probably William Darcy. I think you guys would have awkward moments together. I think so because, like, when you get two quiet people together in a room, we just don't talk. No, <laughs> so. there would have been none of those one-word answers. Nope. It would have been like grunts, like. <laughs> I've had that happen where, like, a quiet person and I are, like, sitting next to each other and, like, waiting for the other person to initiate the conversation. And you're like, nope, nothing's going to happen. So you just get up and, like, go find a drink or something. So Hilarious. Fun times. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we're going to sign off in the same way Lizzie does at the end of Episode 7. The The Pemberley Pemberley Podcast. Podcast. Decent Decent enough. enough.